Hey, Wide Left Sports listeners, do I have an opportunity for you? The Billings American Legion is holding their annual Hall of Fame dinner Saturday, April 15th at the Doubletree Hotel here in Billings. And let me tell you, it is a great event. There's dinner guest speaker, which this year will be Bill Spaceman Lee, and a live auction. And the best part is every cent goes back to the boys and goes back to the Billings American Legion program. It is a great event that they hold yearly, and it is just a blast to go to. Tickets will be available soon, so be on the lookout at the Billings American Legion website. Again, that is April 15th at the Doubletree Hotel. Hello, welcome to Wide Left Sports. Today I am joined by Helena Baseball and Helena Sports historian Kurt Sinis. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing really good, really good. So, you know what, I guess, got you started on kind of this whole historian thing of, I don't know, just what got you interested in being a sports historian and what got you interested in doing it for the city of Helena? Well, um, I started out as a child. Um, that's supposed to be a joke. <laughs> no, I, uh, I was, uh, I was, you know, I was a typical kid. I played, I played all the youth sports, little league baseball, and uh, <clears throat> we watched uh, back then when I was a kid, uh, junior high or so. There was only one baseball game on TV a week. It was a Saturday afternoon game. And, uh, but I, I followed the box scores. I memorized everybody's averages, batting averages. You know, I was obsessed with uh, statistics. And um, that just kind of carried over into adulthood, you know, after. Uh, after I overcame my alcoholism in the 70s and sobered up and started a family, um, I was, I was, you know, I was always interested in sports and stats and, and history and that sort of thing. And then I just uh, stumbled across the, uh, well, I got obsessed with doing the stats for the Helena Wrestling Club. Um, the uh, first 20 years anyway, they had, they had real good stats. My nephew was a wrestler. I went to the banquet, I read their stat sheet, but it was incomplete. It didn't have much of the first 20 years, which was my, you know, and I was on the team. So uh, <clears throat> I became obsessed with, uh, I was a painter, but I was spending my breaks and my lunch hours and evenings at the uh, Historical Society uh, researching on microfilm. And then I uh, came across an article. I decided to uh, turn it into the paper. This was about 1998. I had never even used a computer before. Borrowed my mom's computer, wrote up a story, uh, decided to, the, the uh, column I saw in the standard from the 60s was called, Who's It? Had a little picture of a guy and a little, you know, five or six sentence paragraph on, uh, his profile, 
invited readers to call in and guess who it was. But back in the 60s, you know, that's what they did. They wrote yeah. in or, or they called. There were no computers or, you know, that sort of thing. So I just changed the name. I, I, <laughs> I uh, plagiarized that. I changed the name to uh, Past Helena Greats. Put a picture in there. My first subject was a guy named Finky Strong, who uh, was a backup quarterback for Illinois and then Michigan State. Um, anyway, that's where I got started, invited people to call in and one thing left to another. And uh, I just kind of transitioned from painting and I was part-time painting, part-time writing for sports and then it evolved into uh, uh, full-time with the sports department. And I never really planned on being a sports writer, but that's what it turned into. And so it combined all of my interests, you know, sports, stats, research, history, biographies. And the hard part was writing. I never, you know, after you, I loved getting all the information together, but the hard part was making it into a story. And I just, somebody said, just start doing it. And I said, okay. And I wasn't very good at first, but um, I became okay. That's awesome. And it's really cool that, you know, you were able to use everything you love to combine it into a career. That's awesome. Yeah. And I've, I've been very lucky to be able to do something that I love. Um, you know, for, it was my second career, but it lasted about 20 years and I, I just feel very fortunate. I was, I was lucky that I didn't, I, most of my stuff was done at home. Yeah. I did, you know, I covered a lot of things. You know, uh, sometimes I'd cover two or three events in a day, but I was lucky enough where I could bring it home and write it from home. So I didn't have to, you know, the bustle of a newsroom going on, the distraction. Right. You know, because I typed with two fingers. I used the biblical, biblical method. Seek and you shall find. Definitely, for sure. So, you know, you talk yeah. about history and Kindred Field there in... Helena, if it could talk, it has a bunch of stories. I can only imagine. Um, so what are some stories that you remember from your time covering Helena sports that are just really great? Well, um, I can tell you that uh, it, it was originally called Memorial Park Field. Memorial, yeah, Memorial Park Field it was built in 1932 during the Depression. And it was a bunch of volunteers, basically, that built it. Um, and uh, <laughs> they built it on script. So uh, if you had a lumber yard, um, the uh, see what <clears throat> Legion, the, the first Legion team was in 26, 1926, but it only went for a year. And then the junior, it was called the Junior Legion because the regular Legion were adults. Oh. The next junior legion team was in 32 and that's when the ballpark was was built and so uh, you know they would go to a lumber yard and you know we'll give you free tickets for two or three years if you can donate some lumber so the lumber company would do that and then you know the other the landscaping whatever um but um so i started watching in uh high school I was a sophomore in 1968. The Senators won the state championship. It was their first state championship. 
because back and they, they stopped Billings's win streak of, you know, Billings won <clears throat> from the early fifties to the mid seventies, Billings won, I think every state championship except three or four. Wow. <laughs> and we stopped their, we stopped their, I don't know, 11 year streak in 68. Uh, Eddie Bain. Uh, my favorite player on Billings was a guy named Hans Padino. Say that name, Hans Padino. Does that sound <laughs> like a baseball player? It really does. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so we won in 68 and, and the place was packed. I mean, every game it, to the rafters, all there was standing room only basically. Um, and, you know, that's what winners do, but also it was a different era. There were no computers, right. there were no cell phones, you know, you, uh, no Xbox, you know, <laughs> you, you went out and you watched baseball in the summertime, if you had a good team uh, or you went to the lake and won water skiing. But <laughs> so that's, that was my experience there. And um, we had a great coach, but a guy by the name of Dick Muffick, and he uh, actually was, uh, you know, we've had six or seven um, guys that went all the way to the majors, or not all the way to majors, I take that back. We've had two guys go to the majors, but we had six or seven or eight that played minor league ball. Uh, first guy to go to the majors was Herb Plews, uh, who played for the Senators and the Red Sox. But Dick was uh, in the minor leagues with the Yankees, and he was a catcher. And he didn't make it all the way because there were a couple of guys ahead of him. One's name was Yogi Berra. Yeah, I wondered about that. (laughs) (laughs) When you were telling that story, I'm like, oh, yeah, Yogi Berra. (laughs) Yeah. But he so he came back to town and he was he was the coach. And, uh, you know, he was uh, he was a big baseball guy. And he had from being in the minors, he had a lot of connections. And I noticed one of your questions was going to be, you know, what are the chances a kid from Montana getting getting to the majors? Well, it is a lot harder here. That's a lot less exposure. Yeah. We don't play year around like they do in California and down south. But we had in Helena, we had Dick. And so we had some guys that made it to the, you know, at least get us get their dip their big toe in the water, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, one guy played for for the Mustangs, Chris Keim, in the late '80s. Uh, for I think maybe just one season, he didn't get that far. But uh, you know, we had the started the Helena Phillies in 1978 at Kendrick Field. Uh, they had a shortstop who you might recognize that played that first year from Spokane by the name of Ryan Sandberg. Yep, <laughs> this is where he got his start. And I saw the program that year and they misspelled his name. They called him Ryan Sandberg. Oh. <laughs> and so then he, he started out with the Phillies at shortstop and then made the trend when he got to the majors. By then they, they had moved him to second and, uh, you know, started with the Cubs. Yeah. And made it all the way to the Hall of Fame. So... <clears throat> You know, those are some of the top members. We had Charlie Pride, which I was telling you about earlier, that played here from 60 to 64. I met him when I was 10 years old. Uh, He was a customer at my dad's uh, 
auto wrecking salvage yard. That's awesome. Um, he had, you know, he was a struggling just like everybody, you know, before he made it big. Yeah. You know, he would play, uh, he'd sing the national anthem. He would play during the seventh inning stretch. He'd play on the buses and start playing in the bars. Um, but, uh, and I interviewed him when he came back to town in 2005 for his homecoming, basically. And I interviewed him a block and a half uh, at the Wingate, um, block and a half from the old junkyard garage where I first met him. Oh, in that's 19, really neat. 1962. Um, yeah, so then the Phillies and then, uh, um, then I started covering it. I, you know, I was a painter. Uh, but when I got into uh, doing the sports writing in the 2000s is when I started, uh, you know, covering the games. Mm -hmm. So I covered the reps and the senators. And, and back then, I'll tell you what, I took, uh, I had a note, I had a notepad and I kept, I kept track of every pitch. So, you know, um, <laughs> which is one reason I eventually burn out. <laughs> I could see where that would cause some burnout. Yeah, <laughs> that'll that'll do it to you. Yeah, it's it's nothing like we got now. You know where everything. You know these. Yep. <laughs> where you just go to a site and you got the stats. You get it by hand. Yeah, and then you know we won our three state championships in uh, 20, 2001 to 03. Uh, Dave Tennis was the coach. Coached for about twenty years. Had a lot of success. For sure. So, you yeah. know, how does the um, town of Helena, you know, I mean, you mentioned the success in the early 2000s. I know that recently Helena has been extremely good in Legion. How does the town of Helena support the senators and the reps, you know, year in and year out? Well, um, I can tell you when I when I first were covering in the senators, first you know they won the, those championships, which which created brought a lot of people back to the ballpark. But during the late, there were some lean years there. Uh, you'd go to the game, and there might be fifty people there, maybe mm -hmm. seventy-five. You know, and we had the Phillies, or not the Phillies. I'm sorry, the Brewers. Right. Brewers came in the, in the early 1980s. Um, you know, so there were some lean years, but but lately, what I was going to tell you is 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 when I was first covering the teams in the mid 2000s, you know, 20, 2006, 2007, the program was about that thick, right? Can you see that? Nowadays, the program is about that. Thick. Yeah, and there's a lot of there's a lot of advertising in there, so that's how they do it. You you, know, you build off of the success that the team has had, you know, with a couple of state runners up and a state championship, and uh, you get the booster clubs or the uh, baseball clubs, the Legion baseball club. Yeah, they go out, they go out and they pound on doors and they get sponsors, and uh, um, they're doing well. For sure. So you've been covering sports for quite a while. Um, how have you seen the evolution of baseball 
changed throughout the time that you've been covering it? Well, you know, I, uh, <clears throat> uh, being an old school guy, I, I can't, I can't get off the, the switch from, uh, from uh, wood bats to metal bats. Yeah. There's nothing, you know, I have that sound in my mind of Joe Spoya hitting a home run in about 1968, you know, in the dark going out, <laughs> going out past the lights to where you could see the ball disappear. And the, and the sound of that bat, the crack of that bat, Sounded like a like a rifle going off. <laughs> There's nothing like that sound. Yeah, and you hear it when you you know you hear it at the minor league games and right. majors, but you don't hear it at Legion. And, yeah, uh, you know I'm sorry, but I I miss that sound. For sure, um, but the I understand. I was going to say the one that baffles me is that colleges use metal bats. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Except for Wade Boggs. Yes. <laughs> Wade Boggs used a wooden bat in college because he knew that's what the next level was going to be. Right. Wooden bat. For sure. No, that's, I think that's the, you know, and then um, didn't have as many, of course, that's kind of nation, uh, international wide. Didn't have as many relief pitchers back in those days. Right. Um, you know, the, and uh, a lot more seven inning games now than nine inning. Used to have a lot more nine inning games. Yeah, they um, are pretty, pretty much know, even up in seven. Say again. I said for Legion, I think they're pretty much exclusively seven. Yeah. 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 But, you know, up, up into the 90s, early 2000s, there were a lot. You know, a lot of nine inning games. So that's another big difference. Um, other than that, baseball is baseball. You know, yeah. am I right? Exactly. Baseball. Is, that's that's the intriguing thing about baseball. Um, now I know there's some new changes in the majors, and I don't, you know, I don't even, I don't follow it much anymore. I don't have time. Yeah. You know? If my if the Red Sox or the or, or the Reds, my two teams make the World Series, which the Reds haven't done for a while, uh, you know, then I'll watch. But other than that, I I just don't have time. Yeah, well, that was going to be one of my other questions: is that the MLB has made a lot of changes in the last couple of years. Um, do you see those making their ways down to Legion? Uh, probably not the best guide. To answer that question, because um, <laughs> uh, I really don't, I, I don't know enough about it to to really answer that question. That's fair. Uh, um, John, John Burnett might have a better <laughs> grasp on. <laughs> well, I will probably be having him on again soon, so yeah, yeah, be asked that question. I'll go with whatever John says. And I noticed another one of your questions was, how is high school baseball going to affect Legion baseball? Yeah. I've heard pros and cons on that both ways. 
you know, the pros and the cons, you know, those that are for it, those that are against it. And again, I just, I, I'm not the right guy to, I would defer to, to John Burnett. <laughs> <laughs> for Take sure. Well, yeah, then, I'm, you know, I'm retired. I'm retired. <laughs> <laughs> so one of my other questions here is, you know, there's been a lot of other sports that have gained popularity, like soccer, lacrosse, um, basketball has gained some popularity. It was very popular or has always been popular, but it's gaining even more. Um, how do you see baseball competing in Helena with those other sports? Well, I think it's going to be tough. Um, I, <clears throat> I don't know much about lacrosse. I, I do know that soccer, when I, taught, I know some track purists that uh, kind of upset about soccer taken away from some of their athletes. I can see that. But, but and, and soccer is another sport, you know, uh, when I first started covering uh, the contemporary sports, um, I didn't know anything about soccer. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but you know, when you're, when you're exposed to it, you, you learn through osmosis. Right. Then you stand next to somebody that does know what's going on. And so that's where I, you know, I really got to appreciate the athleticism and the strategy of soccer. Um, but I think, you know, the more sports you have, the, you know, like lacrosse and, and soccer, uh, take away a little bit from track, take, take a little bit from um, baseball. Right. You know, and baseball's a <clears throat> baseball's complex. It know? really is. <laughs> it's 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 kind of like handball. It's like you don't see handball anymore. Why? <laughs> because you've really got to work to get good at it. You know, and it's and I'm nothing against from any of the other sports, but um, you know, I, I just can't help but take away. I don't think. I could be wrong. Who knows? <laughs> would be the first time. <laughs> For sure. So, you know, one of my other questions here is there's a bunch of different levels of competition for athletes now, you know, with travel, potentially, you know, little league still in high school. How do you see the local or how do you see the local market? I guess, is it too diverse with the, a lot of different programs or is having so many different programs good for players? Well, I think um, I think the more sports, the more sports, the better because more kids can play. Yeah, and the more kids you can get interested in sports, that's you know gives them something to to work for. Right. So it can't. I mean, overall, in my opinion, it's it's good. And and when you live in Montana. <laughs> There's a, you know, if you, uh, if you live in, uh, let's say you live in Deer Lodge and you got a game in Miles City, right? <laughs> There's a lot of travel there, a lot of miles, a yes. lot, of, lot of windshield time. So any parent that gets their kids in sports, you know, are dedicated to it. Yes, for and, sure. Uh, and it's good for the it's a good thing, it, you know. It's good for the parents too. 
Yeah. Uh, build that bond with your offspring. You know, yeah. have something in common, do something together. I mean, it's great. So that, you know, that's why I like sports. And I like the, you know, the kid on the, the kid on the second string on the JV team, most of them work just as hard as, as the starting quarterback or whatever. Yep. But it, but it is interesting how the, the harder those guys work, the better they are, the luckier they are. Huh? Yeah. Right. For sure. <laughs> yeah. For sure. No, I mean, you're talking about the travel and I'm just thinking a legion, you know, I mean, especially being here in Billings being towards the Southern part of the state. If we go to Kalispell or go up to Canada, oh, it's man. eight, 10 hours. Oh yeah. And the other way, if they come down here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a lot of, it's just, uh, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. It's, uh, it's, it's part of living in Montana. Yeah, it's it's a crazy thing. Some places, if you go eight hours, you're three, four states away. Oh yeah, I was uh, went out to my grandson is playing uh, college basketball in Chicopee, Massachusetts. I found out. Do you know how wide Rhode Island is? I, I don't, but I know it's very small, so I can't imagine it's 20, that wide. Twenty-seven miles. I don't know it's that <laughs> small. <laughs> Maybe 35 at the widest part, but up towards the top. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, can I talk about, can I talk about some stuff? You can, I'm going to give you the floor now. I'm done with my end. I will give you the floor. <laughs> okay. And then you go back and edit. Yeah. Okay. Not a whole lot, but I do go back okay. and edit a little bit. Okay, yeah, kind of smooth up, smooth out the rough parts. I want to tell you about Herb Plews. He was our basically. We had two guys make the majors, um, and the first one was Herb Plews, and so he uh, he was on a 1945 Legion, and uh, he played in the uh, All Star Game, the high school All Star Game in New York. Wow. So he got on a train, he got on a train in Helena, Montana, it went through Wyoming. And on the way through Wyoming, they picked up a young man who was into baseball, but not as a player. He was learning to be a, an announcer, a sports announcer by the name of Kurt Gowdy. Okay. So he was on the train with Herb when they went out, they played in the all-star game. Babe Ruth was the coach of the one of the, the like East team. Yeah. And Ty Cobb was the coach of the West team. Oh my gosh. So he played under Ty Cobb, I believe. Uh, then he went to Illinois, went to University of Illinois to play college baseball. And it was the same league, whatever that league is, Ivy League out there, uh, the George Bush senior played in it. George Bush, uh, wow. the first the first president, George, yeah. the first president Bush was a good baseball player. Um, so uh, next, oh, and I want to tell you, we had two uh, out of Helena. One was East Helena. We had two guys that were years ahead of Jim Ad Abbott. 
you know, the one one armed baseball yeah. player. And the first one was Kess Riggler, and he was from East Helena, and he played in the minor leagues in the Nebraska League. And back then it was it was called Class D, but it was like class what we have for Class A now. You know, it's kind of huh. on the bottom, bottom of the rug. And he uh, he he made it into Ripley's Believe It or Not. There was a monthly or weekly column called Ripley's Believe It or Not. And I'm going to send you that picture. Yeah, you'll have to. Okay. Uh, as being a one-armed player, our next one-armed player was a guy by the name of Bob Lefty Lightbody. And, uh, and these guys could hit. I mean, they could hit with one arm. And, and, and uh, Bob led the city league. And baseball was a big deal, right? I mean, there were, there, were, there were city leagues and there were state leagues and they were adults. And that's, uh -huh. you know, that's where the grownups played. That was their entertainment. And these baseball players, they, you know, some of them had minor league uh -huh. um, but Bob, he led the league in hitting one time with one arm. Wow. Right? But he was a pitcher and he hurt his arm. He played for the Great Falls uh, Selectrics or Great Falls Electrics. See, they had two Pioneer League teams. One was the Selectrics and then it was the Electrics. And I can, you know, now the Legion team is called the Electrics. I know, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. But anyway, he was there, and then he, he threw his arm out. He went to Oregon, threw his arm out. Um, Dick Muffick, I told you about. Yep. Um, Earl Fred was a guy from that era. Um, oh, and these guys uh, tried out with the Cubs, and it was through um, Kess Riggler because, of, you know, he came back and he coached and he managed the Smelterites. He managed, uh, he was the general manager when Charlie Pride was there. Um, so anyway, Earl Fred um, played baseball in the service and he batted against Sandy Koufax. Wow. Okay. That is quite a guy to bat against there. Yeah. Can't remember if he got a hit or not, but he batted <laughs> against him. Now, the next great player we had was Terry Screener, who was. Uh, an All-American at the University of Montana baseball. He was, in fact, he was, wasn't All-American. He was an All-Conference. He was an All-Big Sky. He was All-Big Sky in both baseball and basketball. Wow. See, I wish up, our schools brought back baseball because I wish that there was more opportunity for kids to stay in state if they want to. Yeah, college baseball. college baseball. Yeah, for college baseball. College baseball, yeah. Right now you just have MSUB and then the two community colleges, which it's great that they have it, but I wish more did. Right. Yeah. MSU and, and UM both had baseball for years. Yeah, it was it was a big deal. They both had wrestling too. Huh. Those are gone now at the big schools. Yep. <laughs> so uh let's see, Terry, and then he played minor league ball, and that was through Kess Riggler, you know, it was a it was an Indians, uh, Cleveland Indians farm club. Now I got to tell you about Clayton Landbarger. In the uh, let's see, fifty six, the fifty six, fifty or no, fifty seven and fifty eight. Um, he set the uh, team batting average, which lasted about fifty years, four seventy, four seventy six. Wow. And uh, 
he just died last year, but I got to be a good friend with him. He's in our Helena. He was in our Helena Sports Hall of Fame. And I uh, did the interview and wrote his story. And, and I, I said, well, you 476 is pretty good, but how was your power? And he says, I didn't have any power. He said, I only, he said, I only hit one home run in my Legion career off of Dave McNally. Of course. <laughs> The only homer he hit off of Dave McNally, you know, <laughs> your uh, Baltimore Oriole. And then uh, let's see, Clayton, uh, the 68 champs, that was another big star was Kirk Johnson. He was a three-time team batting champion. Um, Charlie Pride, of course, you know, and, and Charlie, his first year here, um, won the, the uh, Copper League batting title. Wow. Batted. Yeah, he batted like 424 or something. Good musician and a good baseball player. What? He, well, yeah, and his first goal was to be a major league baseball player. Wow. And and when I interviewed him, he said, "Yeah, my first my first goal was to uh, you know break all Babe Ruth's records." But uh, he you know he didn't make it. Um. Let's see. And then some other guys that, that made the minors was Jeff Tuss, right out with the Expos. He played for a couple of years. Chris Kime, I told you about. Yep. And the guy that went the farthest without making it was Steve Bennett in the early 90s. And he made it all the way to double A with the Mets. And, uh, well, that's kind of the Reader's Digest version of our, our history here. Well, that's awesome, Kurt. Hey, I want to thank you so much for coming on and telling us a little bit about the history of the Senators. And just thank you so much for coming on and talking with us tonight. Sure, my pleasure. Have a great rest of your night. Yeah, thank you. Good night. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey guys, Mitch here with Wide Left Sports, and do I have a company I would love to highlight for you. It's called Big Sky Customs. They make lifelike figurines of your playing days, which I think is awesome because every single person, once they're done with their playing days, they miss it. And um, how cool would it be to have a lifelike figurine to commemorate that? And I mean, Rob goes down to the very minute details about it. It's awesome. And the best part is it's out of Montana. Um, so yeah, if you want to get one ordered, just go to his Facebook page, Big Sky Customs, and start a conversation with him about it. And hopefully you enjoy your lifelike figurine from Big Sky Customs. <laughs>